over the course of the last 200 episodes, it's involved a lot of trial and error, a ton of research on our parts, you know, because yeah. none of like none of us came into this as like certified relationship encyclopedias or encyclopedias right. like none of us had like a phd if you're happy with the same old ways of dating if you enjoy sucking at communication and you have no desire to improve your romantic life then our podcast might not be for you but if you want some out-of-the-box ideas to deepen your current relationships broaden your sexual horizons develop a better understanding of yourself or learn more about non-monogamy then you've come to the right place I'm Jace. I'm Emily. And I'm Dedeker. And this is the Multiamory Podcast. On this episode of the Multiamory Podcast, it is our 200th episode, and we're doing a special retrospective where we're talking about over the past 200 episodes of this show, how we have changed, how our relationships have changed, and how this show itself has changed over these past four years. Four years. Wow. That's, yeah. I mean, 200. Our, our, over, our, our over child is like walking yeah. and talking, basically. Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. Our little yeah. collective podcast, baby. It's a fully formed human. Yeah. Well, not quite, but it's getting there. Almost. <laughs> on almost. its way. Right. Just, um, what, 14 more years before it? can uh, vote oh, okay yeah 14 yeah. years to vote it is making some money which is better than most four-year-olds that i know personally that's a really that's, good point that's true yeah wow yeah not enough to support itself but it's making something so that's <laughs> it's earning that's it's room and board to put away for college or retirement uh, but right. it's getting there <laughs> right oh yeah. our little podcast wow. baby's growing up y'all Mm-hmm. No, it's so sad. No, it's not. It, it, when people like write things about their babies, when they're like, "This baby is now walking and talking," and it's, uh, I'm like missing the times when it was just sitting there, like being a blob. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure <laughs> they people, they say it more people? eloquently than that. But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess we're going to be talking a little bit in this episode about the days when our podcast was was just a wee infant a little blob a little lying blob. there when yeah. we ourselves were little we, blobs in our relationships yes. and in our lives yeah definitely yeah. small larva just i do feel like yeah. we, i need to get out there and say we acknowledge the fact that this podcast is nothing like an actual baby so those of you who actually have those and are like yelling at your podcast machine being like what the hell do they know about babies yes you're correct nothing we fully not a we thing. fully acknowledge that this company and show is probably honestly the closest the three of us are going to have to having a baby um in our individual lives and so it's what we got <laughs> okay yep <laughs> all right um so first we just wanted to start out by saying that um this show couldn't be where it is today it probably wouldn't have been able to keep going um and you know, to afford to keep going and for us to be able to spend more and more time on it and everything around it, like the community and the live shows and workshops and, you know, all of those things. Um, if it weren't for our patrons and for all of the amazing people who have been guests on this show and the incredible community that we have, not just in the patron community, but the larger community out there as well, the people who have written to us, people who have tweeted at us or commented on episodes or shared them or written us reviews on iTunes or, or Stitcher or, or any of that, that really, we just wanted to say thank you so much for the fact that we're here at all doing this 200th yeah. episode. Yeah. At 200 yeah. episodes in, I, I started thinking, I was like, gosh, I wish we had like a, like, what are they like your annual review at work? Um, <laughs> performance review? Like, yeah, performance review. I'm like, I feel like what if we got like a panel of listeners and we're like, give us a performance review. Like, are we serving you well enough? How could we improve? But in the lack of actually being able to do that's that. That's a great idea. Yeah, well, that's a great idea. I was going to say, well, maybe we'll workshop that one and yeah. let that percolate. But since we haven't done it yet, you know, the people who do take the time to reach out to us, um, either in the form of leaving a review saying we're great or in the form of an email saying, hey, I really didn't like this part. Um, you know, both the praise and the criticism is essentially our version of an ongoing annual review all the time. Right. And so I really just want to acknowledge that, um, you know, we're all hyper stimulated all the time by our, like our social networks and our phones and everything going on. And it can be super easy to just 
never tweet at someone or send them an email or just assume like, oh, if I message them, they're not going to see it or they're not going to care. Um, and so for those of you who have reached out to us over the course of the last four years just to say anything, um, it's actually really appreciated um, because we, oh, yeah. honestly, we do see, I'm willing to bet at least 95% of the feedback that we get across all the various platforms that this show is. And it really does help inform us and it really does help to shape the show. Um, and I realize that even though it doesn't take a lot of time to leave a review or leave a comment, it does take some time. It takes a little bit of intentionality and effort. And I just want to acknowledge that. Yeah. I also wanted to say that I'm so impressed with our listener base because it's a big group of people that are constantly like asking questions, um, thinking about themselves in relationships. And we see that constantly on our patron group, just like they're asking questions. They're trying to get better too. I'd like to think that like their ability to do that has hopefully been shaped by our podcast somewhat, but it just constantly amazes me. Like, the people out there are so willing to learn and willing to become better at relationships and better at just being people in general. Um, and so we're constantly given that uh, it, through our patron group and just through the emails and everything, just just learning and seeing how many people um, are excited to learn with us. And that's been a really amazing part of getting to do this podcast for so long. Yeah. Uh, so do you want to get this started? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess I don't. Gosh. Yeah. Where to begin with this? Um, I guess what I want to toss out to all y'all is, let's just start in the arena of ourselves personally, um, because over the course of the last two hundred episodes, it's involved a lot of trial and error, a ton of research on our parts. You know, because <laughs> yeah. none of like none of us came into this as like certified relationship encyclopedias or encyclopedias right. like none of us had like a phd or anything like that and so so much of of what we've done on the show has just been purely us wanting to research stuff and wanting to learn stuff for you know for ourselves and so there's been so much research there's been so much stuff we've learned from the guests that have come on um and so i guess i wanted to ask the twos of you and i suppose i'll answer this myself as well mm -hmm. um how do you feel Good. like you've personally changed over the course of these last four years doing this show? I, yeah, I mean, I guess I can go first. Really, uh, it, I kind of touched on it just now with our patrons, but getting to see through um, our guests and through our listeners, just like all of the different people and the different experiences that each of us have um, in the world and how those experiences shape who we are. And it kind of has brought a lot of humility to my life just because it is very easy to get uh, bogged down with like the minutia of every single thing that happens in my life and be like, well, nobody's going to understand this. Nobody's going to um, understand me just simply because like my experience is mine. But I've seen such a broad like range and scope of other people's experiences, whether or not they're polyamorous, monogamous, you know, a cis white male or um, a trans uh, African-American person or anything like all of those different experiences are something that um, has been brought to my attention in a way that I don't know if another medium would have been able to do that. And mm. just getting to like be, on this podcast, like learning constantly and broadening my own scope of like what is available out in the world. <clears throat> it's been incredible and something that I, I never probably would have been able to do otherwise. Yeah. No, seriously, it's, it's really been such a privilege to, yeah, because like when we started this podcast, it, like it was just the three of us, like just talking to each yeah. other and just putting it out into the world and that was it. And so it's such a privilege that there is this community of listeners and of patrons, all of whom have such a wide spectrum of experience and identity um, and all those things. And, and yeah, it is like, it's, it's, um, I don't know. I guess that's just what I want to come, want to come back to is like, what a privilege to be able to be exposed to that and to have that opportunity yeah. to learn from such a wide spectrum of experience. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I found that for, for myself, just the act of every week 
you know, at, at least during the day that we record and usually other days during the week, but every week for the past four years, having these very like focused and intentional conversations about yeah. relationships and about emotional well-being and about accountability and about gender and about different people's experiences. And then also, you know, getting feedback from people about that and hearing other people's experiences for me, like very specifically, one thing that has, has really changed for me from, from the me four years ago is <laughs> kind of my, uh, my understanding of different gender dynamics, um, mm. both in terms of like yeah. how we are socialized as like how I was socialized as a, a boy and as a man and how, you know, the women in my life have been socialized as well as kind of the bigger picture thing about gender and kind of the restrictiveness of it and the other options out there. And that for me, that's really, it's changed a lot very personally in terms of my own relationship to my gender. Um, not just sort of this, like, oh, I've gained knowledge, but like, no, I've actually, it's been this, this, this really amazing, but also um, sometimes challenging and sometimes uh, difficult process of like, really starting to question a lot of those things of like, who am I? Like, who am I? Not just what I've been told I am, just what other people think I am. Um, mm -hmm. And kind of like, where's the difference between how I might identify identify versus how I might feel. And mm. it, there's just, it's like hard to even talk about without just like being very general like that. I'm trying to make it as specific as possible, but just, um, I, I had a thought recently where I was thinking about um, masculinity and, and some of the ways that, that like men will um, insult each other um, mm. about things, you know, about not being man enough or about, um, you know, calling someone gay or, or, or like implying something like that or, or whatever. And, and, and how so very like hurt and also very afraid a lot of men are by these types of things about being seen that way, about being thought of that, that way, that way being whichever of those you choose. Um, and I realized that, that kind of um, getting away from those things, even if you are, as you know, as far as you know, totally straight. And like, that's, that is your identity that getting away from the fear of anyone ever thinking anything else or of being called anything yeah. else or having any traits that are associated with anything, but mm -hmm. that once you let go of caring at all, not just saying you don't care, but actually not being concerned about that. It's sort of like gaining a superpower. Um, and I had this realization recently, especially when I was having some conversations with some men younger than myself um, two who were really like struggling with this and didn't know they were struggling with it and just being like, man, like you guys can't, you can't hurt me with this stuff mm -hmm. because I have this superpower now. Mm, <laughs> so that for me has been, has been a really cool part of this journey. Um, and, and getting to meet a lot of other men who've had a similar experience in their lives, whether it was related to this podcast or just in their own lives and their own relationships. But, but that's definitely something that's changed a lot for me. Right, right. Yeah. yeah, I think for me, I don't know, there's been like so many things. I, I feel like I've noticed in myself a change in how I react to criticism. And, mm. and we, you know, we talked about this a little bit uh, with Cat Black about, you know, maintaining mental health and, and, you know, dealing with people who are like really insulting or terrible online, but I'm not quite talking about that. It's like the stuff where it's, you know, people on YouTube being like, you're a slut or whatever. It's like, yeah, whatever. Heard it a billion times, you know, it doesn't really. You're a man. Yeah. <laughs> Heard it a billion yeah. times. Um, you know, doesn't really change my day. What historically has been more challenging for me is if someone sends me an email or sends the show an email where they are more specifically like, hey, like you used this turn of phrase or you had this particular opinion or you said this thing that I don't agree with or that made me upset or whatever. Like it's harder when it kind of hits this gray area of like, like initially not being able to tell, do I take this to heart or do I not? Is this BS or, or is there something valuable? And I can't tell you how many times we've gotten some kind of critical email to the show that is, that is attempting to be constructive criticism, you know, not just like mm. bashing or whatever, um, where my initial reaction has been 
that defensiveness um, mm. has been like, well, why are they offended by this? Well, I don't feel this way. Or like, I don't think other people feel this way. Well, like, why can't we use this term or yada, 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 where it's like my initial reaction for like a day, let's say, will be that like defensiveness and be like, whatever, I can write it off. Like that person, you know, doesn't know what they're talking about. Mm-hmm. And the number of times that like I initially felt that way and then essentially by the end of the week have totally changed my tune to like, you know mm. what, actually that's totally valid. And I think it totally makes sense that we can make an adjustment to our language or we could use this different turn of phrase um, or we could prioritize this different thing or we could be more careful in you know, what we express about this particular topic. Um, So many times that I've realized like, oh, this person bringing this to our attention, it's not a violent thing. It's not a thing that I should feel defensive about. It's just, it's a corrective experience and that's okay. Um, And so I feel like for me, that's really helped me to be much more open in the rest of my life to, Uh, yes, to if someone calls me out on something or calls me in on something or whatever that I can recognize, even though I have that initial feeling of defensiveness, that now it's almost like a a signal to me that I'm like, ooh, I know I'm feeling it this way, but I'm willing to bet if I just give this some time, like I'll be able to kind of turn this around and I'll totally see what this person is saying and understand. and that's been really valuable, I feel. I don't know. I don't know how y'all are with when it comes to like emails like that. Oh no, hundred percent the same. Like that Yeah. That natural reaction to be defensive, right? And then st- absolutely step back and being like, actually no. They took the time to write this, the you know, like realizing how much courage it takes for them to even say it. Um Yeah. Really yeah. It's that that's definitely changed a lot for me also in terms of um how like being able to hear those things and and I think something I'm still working on is being able to accept that criticism without letting it just destroy me like oh god I've fucked up everything and I've done everything wrong and mm. I've offended people and everyone hates me you know yeah yeah I think it's uh, really interesting going back home for instance and seeing my other friends who are not uh, as just tuned in to the things that they say that might be offensive, even if it's not meant that way, Mm. but it happens constantly. And it's so fascinating because, um, they, they have no platform, I guess, for themselves to, or, or anyone holding them accountable in any way. Mm. Uh, and no one saying like, Hey, maybe you shouldn't say that. Like, that's not okay. Or even just if it's like, a racial slur that's really, you know, not, I know, I understand like it's not meant that way, but it truly is like not in my opinion. Okay. At all to say, um, and trying to stand up for that on my end being like, Hey, like maybe think about that or, or think about what you just said there. And like, can you see how it's not okay in X, Y, or Z way? Mm -hmm. Um, I think we, we get really privileged. Like I know that I'm privileged being in Los Angeles and having a lot of people who are, very understanding of others and understanding of uh, all different walks of life, all different experiences. And that when you, when you get into smaller towns or just more perhaps middle America, I I, I don't want to like say that that's the case all over the place, but that often um, people just aren't as attuned as we might be simply because we get so many comments of people teaching us and that I'm, I'm so grateful for that just because my scope of others again has changed so drastically from four years ago when we were young and thought we knew everything. And Jeez. it turns out we knew nothing. Obviously <laughs> <laughs> we still know that for sure. Yeah. yeah. We were trying to come up with a title for this episode and we workshopped like a bunch of ideas <laughs> and a bunch of silly ideas. And one that I wrote down was that it was like 200 episodes later, colon, like we don't know anything actually. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How true that is. Yeah. Seriously. But I guess it, is that Socrates or something who said oh, like, yeah, the only knowledge is knowing that you know nothing. You know nothing. Th- yeah, something exactly. Something like that. Yeah, it's it's so crazy. As, something as they said in Bill and Ted. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, I guess this is a little bit more personal, but uh, I I've gotten better over these last four years at understanding my own boundaries, mm. being able to say no, and um, learning how to like uphold my boundaries in a way that perhaps I didn't four years ago, and I know that that has absolutely been because of this show and just even like you two telling me like, Hey, why don't you like say no to that <laughs> instead of just like driving your 
self into the ground and banging your head against the wall all the time. Um, and that's been, that's been a huge one for me just because we talk about it so often. We talk about boundaries and we have to think about it all the time. And it, it's easier said than done. I definitely still like allow my buttons to get pushed and like boundaries to get violated, but I think I am definitely better at it than I was four years ago when we started this. Yeah. No, I mean, I know that's something that, that Emily, we have talked about a lot recently of like how, <laughs> at, yeah, how that's changed and is still changing. No, I mean for you specifically mm. that we've talked personally oh. about how that's something that you've, you know, definitely worked on a lot and worked toward. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think Dedeker's talked about that too, of like how, we're so socialized to never say no to anything and to always mm. just please other people yeah. And, yeah. and not ourselves. And that it's potentially even worse for women who are so much more socialized that way. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, no, that's, that's a great one. I mean, let me tell you, yeah. I remember in like the first, in the early nascent infant stages of recording this podcast uh-huh. at the time, like when this podcast first began, like I was in a really not great relationship. Um, and yeah we know yeah everyone knows (laughs) it's old news but the thing is that like i think about there were so many times when like the three of us would have an appointment you know to record together and Mm -hmm. i would know that i have to be there at a particular time but like before coming over to your house i would get into like a really terrible awful fight with my my partner that i was in this really terrible relationship Mm -hmm. with and would just, you know, would have to like on the drive over be like putting myself back together after like crying and full of adrenaline and like really pissed and really bummed out and like shaky and then suddenly have to like get into podcasting mode and talk about good relationships. And there's something about that that's like really not sustainable, (laughs) I think. (laughs) Um, And it's happened when I've been in other bad relationships also. Like I found that it's, it seems like it's really not sustainable for me at least to be in a truly bad toxic relationship and also be working on this podcast at the same time, because it, there is something to um, getting a chance to kind of proclaim your boundaries and your principles and your guiding light Mm, mm. every single week. And I think that's not just a thing that's like just me because I'm the one talking on this show, but I think also times when I've been better at like listening to shows or reading stuff that's really affirming and really filling me up that it's hard to let my relationships just be really crappy basically, or let myself be in really crappy relationships. If I'm getting that constant, like slow drip and constant reminder of like, what's good for me um so i know for me it's like yeah it's definitely been this this case of essentially kind of extreme accountability (laughs) being (laughs) on this show um like totally well like the cognitive dissonance of Mm. like to to talk about one thing but then be in a different kind of relationship it's like one or the other has to give um and Mm -hmm. it is nice that in, in these cases it has given for the sake of better relationships uh, right. and still doing the show rather than being like, I quit this show because I can't I quit this because I need to be in this relationship. My shitty you know. relationship's more yeah. important. Yeah. And I will, I don't want yeah. anyone to get any wrong ideas. Like I'm not 100% congruent all the time um, because I'm a human being, but at least it's there yeah. to, highlight at least i'm aware of like oh i know i talk about doing this on the show or i talk about doing this in my coaching practice but i see myself having this really bad communication habit or that this particular crappy behavior comes out when i'm angry or when i'm sad or whatever and at least there's kind of always that sense in my mind of like i know there's kind of a gap between where i am right now and where i want to be um and it's just really nice to have that i mean i feel like the show gives us some sense of accountability to a degree like like in the back of our head, if we're not doing something in real life that we talk about on the show, it's like, hey, you need to be doing this better because you you understand the tools to a degree um, and you have talked about this at length. So why aren't you putting it into mm-hmm. practice? Like, what is the true reasoning behind it? And that for me, like, is definitely something that has constantly gone on in my head and allowed me to, like, have a little bit of more kindness towards myself at times. And then also like a kick in the ass at times (laughs) being like, no, no, you need to do this better because 
you talk about it on a weekly basis and there are no excuses. <laughs> That's really funny because sometimes I feel like I get more of a pass in my relationship with my partner, Alex, because like, mm. he obviously he's not on the show. He doesn't <laughs> listen, point, he doesn't listen to the show every single week. And so sometimes I feel like I'm able to be a little bit more quote unquote, like naughty in maybe my communication habits or something like that versus Chase. Like I definitely have no excuses because it's like we're talking about the same stuff every week, getting the same tools, um, Right. you know. yeah 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 that is that is kind of funny that's a good that's a good point yeah that's funny i i found in in um one of my other relationships i always have this thing of like i don't know which episodes she's listened to or like how caught up she is so i'm like what if i said that i need to like be sure i'm i'm doing or like you know (laughs) or or on the other hand like which things can i assume she already knows like Mm. like with dedeker like i know that she understands the triforce (laughs) or that she understands radar or something like that whereas like with with my other partner it's like wait do i need how have we talked about this thing has she already heard this from me and i'm gonna bore her by talking about it now what is it yeah For a long time now, we've been fans of adamandeve.com for getting sex toys or lingerie or accessories, things like that. It's just a fantastic resource with a huge selection. And now, not only do we have a fantastic offer, but we also have a promo code that will work on adammail.com and evestoys.com, which are their sites specifically for LGBTQ audiences. And our code is fantastic. It's 50% off of almost any item in the store and free discreet shipping when you use our code MULTI. Yes, we love adamandeve.com and have for years. They are our oldest and longest sponsor and they just keep on giving great gifts to us and to our listeners. You can bring more pleasure and satisfaction into your bedroom by going to adamandeve.com, adammail.com or evestoys.com and select any one item. It can be you know, an adventurous new toy or anything you desire, something fun, something sexy, whatever sounds good. So just enter offer code MULTI at checkout and you'll get 50% off almost any item plus free shipping. That's MULTI, M-U-L-T-I at adamandeve.com, adammail.com or evestoys.com. This is an exclusive offer that is specific to this podcast and it's better than any offer that is currently available on their site. So again, use code MULTI to get you not just the 50% discount, but also the 100% free shipping. Code M-U-L-T-I. Okay, y'all. So I feel like we started talking about this a little bit in our last go around, but can we specifically put the focus on um, over the course of the show and all the many hours of research and trial and error and mistakes and stuff that we've made, how have your relationships changed or your approach to your relationships changed? I mean... I'll go real quick on this one and then, then Please. you can go. Um, just for me, this one um, has been partly about how my romantic relationships have changed, uh, you know, in terms of when we started the show was kind of a little more into hierarchy and felt like there was maybe more of a place for certain rules and restrictions and things. And I feel differently about my relationships now, but I think the biggest change for me has actually been in my friendship relationships um, and in other sort of like less easily defined partner relationships uh, that I've kind of moved more toward this relationship anarchy way of seeing each relationship for just its own thing. And it can have its own value and that that relationship is made by those two people rather than needing to fit some certain boxes um, and I think my simplest example of that is when I kind of had this realization where I was feeling like, oh, you know, I, I am not dating anyone in Los Angeles right now. And I don't have any, you know, things, you know, I don't have anyone to hang out with. don't have anything to do while I'm here. So I better like get on OkCupid and start trying to do that. And then in thinking about relationship anarchy and talking about it with you guys on the show, having this realization of like, wait a minute, but I get to do all of that stuff with my friend Eric, who I also live with. Mm. And it's like, who is, he's like, really, he's like your honorary partner. 
Right. I don't, oh, like sure. I, I totally count right. them as, as like that. we we don't have a physical relationship. But other than that, it's like yeah, it's very similar in realizing not just like as a joke of like oh, bromance, right? But just being like no, actually, like a lot of the needs that I felt like I could only get met by this one type of mm-hmm. relationship, realizing that didn't have to be the case. So for me, that that was a big change in terms of how I approach dating and friendships. That's great. Yeah. I just wanted to toss in a comment on that because I, I feel like a number of episodes back, we talked about that study where they found that a lot more millennial oh, men yeah. are kind of getting emotional needs met by mm-hmm. their relationships with other men, like right. like platonic relationships. Um, and how in some, like some publications that was like, oh, that's a good thing. And in some publications it was like, oh my God, it's going to be the death of romantic heterosexual <laughs> relationships. Um, oh, right. <laughs> yeah. Which is so calm down. I know, seriously. But like I love honestly, I love it. I, I absolutely love oh, yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. It's like it's allowed yeah, me also fantastic. to approach my romantic relationships or dates with a lot less of a sense of need, which Neediness. I think which I think yeah. I, I definitely approach relationships that way. And I know I, I think most people do because we're kind of mm-hmm. taught to, right? Mm-hmm. That whole Yeah, like our partners have to fulfill absolutely everything. They are our emotional support. And it's like okay, uh, this is, this becomes difficult. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I guess, um, I don't know if I can go next here, but it's sort of like bouncing off of that. I, I know in my life I have had very codependent relationships. I think to a degree, Jace, you and I were in a somewhat codependent relationship for a long time. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Um, and I still struggle with that sometimes, uh, with both of you, (laughs) but I think that I, um, a lot better than I was. And I think like my relationship with my mother, I'm less codependent than I once was mm-hmm. my relationship with Josh. I'm much, much less codependent than I once was. Um, and it's, it's allowed for more independence, just talking about how to do relationships well and how to, um, I think just not need them to fulfill the holes within me. <laughs> yeah. 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 Wow. Um, geez. Wow. <laughs> well, okay. I guess my biggest thing when it comes to relationships, I mean, there's, there's so many things like, I swear to God, like every time, every time I do a radar, I want to log on to the patron discussion group and just be like, Oh my God, I'm so glad I can do this. And like, it's so great. <laughs> yeah, but then I just, I feel like that's going to be like a little self-indulgent. So I don't, um, <laughs> but you know, like every time I do a radar with one of my partners, I'm like, by the time I get to the other side of it, even if it's been one of those like six hour radars where you need to take a break in the middle because it got too emotional or too angry or whatever. Uh, even then I still feel like, God damn, I'm so glad I have something like this under my belt. But mm-hmm. I would say, uh, specifically this year, I've I I like to I like to believe that I've I've gotten a lot more mindful about my sense of attraction to people, especially when I'm like hmm. uh, interesting, like dating or things like that. And I haven't done like a ton of dating in the last year, but yeah, actually, I want to do a whole other episode just on like the psychology of attraction and like deconstructing attraction mm. and stuff like that because I I just. I feel like I really realized for myself personally how much my sense of attraction to people has been influenced by my upbringing, by, you know, colonial values, by my privilege, by um, my perception of status of another person, by my perception of how I think people are going to think about me. Um, And I had this, like, even just a few months ago, I had this total trip out moment randomly where I was thinking about one of my earliest relationships ever in high school was with a boy. I can call him a boy because he was a boy. <laughs> um, <laughs> was with a boy um, who was overweight. And and on the one hand, that relationship was a really good relationship in that like I really felt seen and heard and understood by this person and we shared a lot of passions and uh, you know, it was a very formative relationship for me. And for years afterwards, actually, like when I would date more as an adult, like I'd meet someone who reminded me of him and I'd be like, oh, he reminds me of him. That's a good thing. Um, hmm. That's a good thing. We share these qualities. But at the time, like the relationship was really rocky and was really stressful for me because the biggest stressor was my friends giving me shit 
for dating a fat person. Mm. Mm. And it, and like, even for years afterwards, when I would talk to my old high school friends, we'd all kind of like, oh, remember when you dated that guy? Oh, ha, 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 ha. Yeah, what was I thinking? Um, but it wasn't until months ago that I realized like, wait, like if I didn't have anyone there like giving me shit for it, like there probably would have been a much longer lasting, happier relationship. You know, I probably mm. would have had a lot less stress about that relationship. Um, and so that really threw me for a loop of starting to examine like the body types that I'm attracted to and uh, you know, the people that I tend to swipe left on or swipe right on. And mm. I'm, you know, like I said, I'm not doing a ton of dating right now. And so, you know, we'll kind of see, you know, the next time I have the energy to really dive into dating, how that's going to manifest. But I've just spent like a lot of time really examining like, why am I attracted to the people that I'm not? And it's not, well, I was going to say, and how can I change that? Not that there's a problem with who I'm attracted to right now, but like, how do I expand that? Like, what's in the way to expanding that? And just being able to kind of examine what are my like looksist and like default racist and sexist and, you know, all these assumptions that are keeping me attracted to a certain set of people um, mm -hmm. and, you know, making me not be mindful about who it is that I'm pursuing. Yeah. I feel like I got a little bit lofty. <laughs> Did I lose the both of you? No, no that was good. I, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot there. I think that would definitely be an interesting thing yeah. to to research more about and stuff like that. I think mm -hmm. that would be really cool. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Cuz ultimately, ultimately my bottom line is just that every time I think I've figured out my attraction and like my sexuality for instance, someone else pops up that I find myself super attracted to and I'm like, well, okay, back to the drawing board, I guess, yeah. <laughs> you, you know, um, which is great. It's not a bad place to be. It's actually kind of exciting uh, to still be discovering these things about yourself even so many years down the line. Yeah. Yeah. yeah there's a lot of attractive people here in Shanghai. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's very interesting also like being, in a completely different culture with a, a big language barrier and something that I know the two of you deal with more often than perhaps I do, but, but just like seeing how something that you're not used to, like what mm. kind of attractive things come up and like what mm. you are attracted to. It is really interesting. And yes, as you said, examining that and, and just questioning yourself for whatever reason, just being like, why do I like this? Why don't I like that? And et cetera, et cetera. Like, what what is inherent about me or what is inherent about my experience that causes x y or z to happen yeah um that's, yeah. i think that's just really interesting to like i feel like the way that's shown up for me is kind of like not putting that second level of like um of of like judgment on myself for when i do feel attraction for mm. someone mm -hmm. uh you know like that kind of like the voices of dedeker's friends that she mentioned but just being like no i just feel this way like that's what it is or or i don't feel this way you know like i don't feel attracted to this person who like logically i think that i should or like status wise i would think that i would or you know something like that um that that's been really interesting to just kind of like try to be more observant and like not judgmental of that for myself and just mm -hmm. being like, huh, cool. Like maybe I wouldn't have expected that, but I've definitely like got some feelings going on. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, I also think this show has made me become a better listener. Um, it just in, in a variety of ways, just like more constructive listening and also not thinking about whatever a person said based on my own personal biases, but just really like sitting there and listening to what somebody has to say mm -hmm. and then being able to acknowledge that often when people say something, when they're upset, they just want to be heard. Mm -hmm. They want to be, you know, they want someone to acknowledge that, that they, whatever they're feeling is, is okay. And you might not agree with it necessarily in that moment. Um, but acknowledge that they, you know, that you heard them and that you're there for them and stuff like that. I think that the show is, has helped me a lot within that. I still have a long way to go, but it's been a, a good, important lesson for me <laughs> to just become a better, more active listener over the years. Mm. Well, I feel like that's actually a pretty good transition, Emily, because I, what I, I kind of... Mm. We didn't really approve this question ahead of time, but I kind of want to slip it in there. And I'm sorry, uh -oh. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Um, but I just, I am really curious to know from both of you and Emily, you can keep that same answer. Or you can give a different answer, whatever you want. Um, but like, are there things that you know you're, you're, you want to get better at? Like, 
because I feel like we spend a lot of time thinking about where we started from and where we are now, but I want to think, think about like the future and heading forward, at least as far as like yourself and your relationships go. Yeah. What a question. Um, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess definitely it it just being more patient Mm -hmm. and cause I know that I still, uh, I'm either like really stubborn or I'm, I just like, I'm placating and like, Oh, okay. I'll, you know, acquiesce to your demands or acquiesce to like the situation and just like try to diffuse it or whatever. Um, so I think like simultaneously being better about not being a doormat, but then also um, being better about being able to halt in moments when I need to uh, understanding that like, if somebody needs to take a break instead of just trying to charge ahead and saying like, no, we're going to finish this mm. to, to not do that. Mm, yeah. Um, yeah. It just, I mean, these are big things. I was going to say little things that like <laughs> still need to be worked on, but no, they're, they're all big things for sure. Uh, yeah. But patience is a big one. I'm not great about that just in my daily life. Mm, interesting. Yeah. I feel, I mean, feel the same way in some ways. Really? I feel like I'm really patient and in other ways. I feel like I'm not at all. Um, yeah. But yeah. I feel like, I feel like for me, I mean, I mentioned earlier about being able to um, not, not be as like devastated by criticism. Um, I think that one's definitely a work in progress and I feel like I'm better about it, but it's, but it's been difficult, you know, mm. that's, that's definitely been a challenging one for me. I think also being somewhat of like a, a people pleaser or like getting my self-worth from what other people think about me. And so that, you know, it's like you get a criticism and it's like, aha, evidence that everyone hates me and everyone thinks I do everything wrong and I'm no good. Right. Mm. Like that's Mm. like combating that has been um, a process that, that this show has forced me to face much more often than maybe I would have otherwise. Mm. Um, For sure. Both, both in terms of like we were saying, you know, getting, constructive criticism from people or, um, you know, even just like super negative comments on the show that those don't get me as much as the ones where it's like, it hurts cause they're right. Mm-hmm. Um, but even just in the stuff that we've explored on this show or in things that guests have brought up or things that, that I've learned through working on this show, kind of looking back and going, fuck, I've done a shitty job of this. Or like I've, been the bad mm. guy in the past or like I've been shitty, you know, I've made mistakes and it's like, if your whole identity is around this idea that like you're somehow the good person and, and like the bad mm. people are the bad people, that sort of black and white world, like our movies, if you have one thing where it's like, fuck, I was the bad guy. It, like, where do you go from there? You know, Mm. like you are the bad guy and therefore are terrible and deserve failure and bad things should happen to you. And you know what I mean? Like no one should sympathize with you and, and right. It just goes on and on. And um, some of those moments have been, have honestly been very difficult for me over the past few years. Um, And that those are things I think I'm still kind of like recovering from, I guess Mm. for Mm. myself of like, regaining my sense of identity or like confidence in, in who I am and um, trying to build something that's better and stronger and also more flexible and more able to, to learn and listen to people. Um, but I think that's still, that's still a work in progress. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What about I think, you? I think for me, the thing, the thing, honestly, the thing that I want to get better at is being more unapologetic and I know a lot of people are surprised by that because they're like, you wrote a book and you're on a podcast every week <laughs> yeah. and like, this is your work. And and it's like in a professional sphere, yeah, totally unapologetic, like whatever, you know, if I got to hustle or I got to write something or like anything in my professional sphere is like no problem. But when I get into my personal sphere, when I'm dealing with family or friends who don't really understand or even total strangers, like I, I'm trying to figure out, is it, like, is there a part of this where like, I still feel kind of apologetic for who I am and what my relationships are and how I identify and what my sexuality is? Is that the main part of it? Or is the main part of it just, I'm exhausted about talking about it and defending it. And I'm sure it's a little (laughs) column A, a little column B. Um, 
because what I find myself so often doing is that sometimes at the end of the day, if a family member like asks about it, or if I'm in a situation meeting someone who doesn't know that I have multiple partners, it is just so much easier to just like not talk about it or Mm. to pretend to only have one partner or to just not even reference partners or kind of dance around what it is that I actually do. And so I guess maybe the two of you could help me on this, or maybe some of our listeners could help me on this. I would love to, I think I need to come up with a script for myself that accomplishes like both the truth of what my life is and what I do, but also conveys, I don't want to answer your 10 hundred questions about it. <laughs> um, at least not right now. Um, right. I don't know how to do that without running the risk of this person just making a bunch of gross assumptions about me mm. Uh or coming off as it being like a fuck you or something like that. So that's what I'm trying to well, figure maybe out. Maybe just be like reference the podcast. <laughs> just be like, if you have more questions about it, feel free to listen to the podcast. But yeah. this is what I do. Yeah, I guess I could. Then that activates <laughs> you know? like my insecurity around self promotion, and it's all uh, just it's all it all starts. Things, it's, a, yeah. Yeah, it's a daisy chain of just badness. <laughs> I talk about the podcast all the time to people when they ask. I know it you do. It's it, great. Well, it's- and and also people are like you've got that great voice what are you doing with it and i'm like well actually and then i get to talk <laughs> you're like i'm podcast. fucking using it so well yeah i have an in true. Have just like that's true a built-in right. in mm-hmm. yeah, that is, and then people are like i'm gonna sign up for it right now that is funny because i remember that you would sometimes complain to me years ago before we started this podcast about how often people would say something to that effect to you of like oh your voice is amazing like or you should be in no, radio or you should do <laughs> voiceover or whatever but just that you were kind of like yeah i should what the hell like why mm. like where are those jobs like why am i not doing that mm-hmm. to now where you can be mm-hmm. like well actually i have a podcast that's been running for four years you're like, actually, that's cool that I have a podcast and I do voiceover work and I sing. So, bitch, right. I'm using it every single day. And you recorded an audio yeah, book, right? Right. Like, yes. Done lots of yes, things. So, basically, just like everyone who tries to compliment you, just be really sassy with them. <laughs> <laughs> just really, just throw it right back in their no, faces. I just, I need to be better than what I am when I'm usually like, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Okay. You're like, thank you. That is correct. This is a voice. <laughs> I know. I feel so bad, but... It does become tedious after mm-hmm. a while. Oh, I think, okay, but, sorry. I think this might oh, be just oh, actually yes, like yes. A, mi- a mini rant and I'm, I apologize in advance for that. Um, I think I've realized also part of my issue is that the times, especially with my family or friends who do know that I'm like already out to, the time that I try to be so normal about it, like I try to just be like, oh yeah, I was in Singapore with my partner Alex or oh mm-hmm. yeah, like I'm meeting up with my partner Jason and his partner so-and-so later on. Like the times that I try to just like you know normalize as much as possible after they already know like i just get so deflated when people have no idea what to say and like people often just like Uh, pretend like nothing happened like okay let's just change the (laughs) subject or there's uh, like a weird awkward pause or like okay i'm just gonna pretend you didn't say that and and i'm like i don't know how to deal with that uh, (laughs) i guess it's really not my problem if they don't know what to say they don't know what to say it's their problem but still i'm just i'm tired of like killing conversations in that way (laughs) no I totally get yeah. it, but yeah. A weird silence until mm-hmm. someone else is like, so, did you see the game last yeah, night? Like, basically. <laughs> and you're like, well, all right. They're not worth it anyways. Like, I don't know They're about not sports. They're not worth talking to it about. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. So, so. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, no, I mean, finally, I, we, we should definitely talk about the way in which this show has evolved over the last four years as well, because it certainly has. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. man, our humble beginnings beneath a blanket trying to <laughs> born beneath a blanket make, exactly trying to make this show sound good when you know we had a ton of cars like right outside going like speeding down and lots of motorcycles Boulevard. and cars and we're mar- yeah. marginally better now so like first of all i think it's worth telling people that when we first were recording this show it was us like crowded around one microphone basically or i think maybe we had two of them like crossed but like all sort of like huddled around a thing in like a blanket fort to try to dampen the sound in our underwear because it was so because you had to turn off the air conditioning and it was so hot and so we just like stripped down to our underwear because we had to be under this like freaking 
heavy ass blanket yeah. recording the show yeah. and we and we had all of our show notes written on a whiteboard that we would like <laughs> so put that was real smart <laughs> and then would have to like take a photo of afterwards so that we would know what was on it when we wrote up the show notes and things like that um yeah we've definitely come a long way since then yeah oh man oh boy that's really incredible yeah i mean audio wise we've upgraded considerably Editing-wise, I mean, I think just having Mauricio as our wonderful editor yeah. has made a big difference Talk as about well. about patience, goodness. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, hashtag sorry, Mauricio. <laughs> hashtag thank you, Mauricio, yeah. for everything. Yeah, seriously. Um, and uh, I was looking back, too, at, I'm like, I'm looking through some of our old episodes right now, and also just thinking about all of the different formats for the show that we've tried Gosh, you're right. Oh, yeah. You know, where... Yeah, we had, like, our Twitter thing for a while, which, like, really... Yeah. Oh, the Twitter shout-out. Yeah, which did connect people in real life, so that was cool. That's true. That was, like, the very baby beginnings of any kind of community. But it was kind of this, like... That's true, that's true. Like, a time-killing thing, in a way. You know, it was like, let's build community, but also, like, let's take up some time so we can (laughs) fill an hour, you know, with with what we have to say. (laughs) Absolutely. Um, or like we had um, multi-riffery where we would try to like yes. bring up some sort of, not quite current events, but some sort of article or like something to kind of talk about and, and riff about. Um, well, I love riffing, so I kind of miss multi-riffery, but I think it kind of, that outlet turned into Drunk Bible Study or the show where mm-hmm. we can actually be more silly and make more jokes. Yeah. Yeah. I think our, like, all all of the research that we've done has evolved over the years as well. Oh, so much. I think we really, like, do a huge amount of research for every single episode. I hope that people out there know <laughs> that we really do, like, consult articles, consult studies, like, consult, you know, infographics and real-life people to make these episodes happen every week. And I think we're committed to that now in a way that perhaps we weren't as much when it started. I know I am, at least, because... I want the show to be good and mm-hmm. and I know that it takes work in order to do that. Yeah, definitely. I I just I feel like I need to acknowledge the fact that, you know, we've talked about, you know, our community and the people that we've met and our listeners and stuff like that. Um I feel like it was really a turning point for us when there were people um like Mauricio or like our social media wizard Will um Will, where yeah. it was or like our wonderful team of moderators who works for our our Patreon community um when there are people who are not just like listeners and not just like listening to our content but people who actually wanted to be kind of a part of yeah. this thing mm-hmm. growing and building and that's like that's if I speak any more on it I'm going to get all teary-eyed so I don't know if I should but uh that's just, yeah, as a game changer, you know, it's like such a game oh, yeah. changer for us when there's like people who actually kind of want to get on board in keeping the train a rolling. I guess that's the metaphor I'm going to use, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. And, and we have like 700 patrons or almost 700 patrons now. Like that is mind blowing. Mind blowing. A little Dumbledore's army, if you ask me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's incredible. I mean, just the... That that even 700 people would be interested in, in helping our show out in any way, mm-hmm. let alone like the many thousands more, hopefully, that are listening to the show on a weekly basis. Mm-hmm. That is mind blowing that 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 has happened to this mm-hmm. this humble little show yeah. that started underneath a blanket all those years ago. <laughs> yeah, I was also thinking about uh, when we were talking about criticism earlier that. Um, you know, our, our episodes used to start out with like the the Twitter shout outs and like some other kind of like random little bits. And, and we would actually start talking about the topic maybe about mm-hmm. halfway through the episode, maybe a little earlier than halfway, but like around then. And like I said, I think part of that was to fill time because we only felt like we had that much like content to talk about. And there's two parts of that that are funny. The first of that is that now we have to like edit like crazy to get ourselves down to an hour because we just yeah. have like there's so much to talk about. There's so much that um, you know that we've looked up or that there's we've researched or that we've heard or that we've you know connected. Um, that that part, first of all, I think is funny that we used to to struggle to fill that time out. Now we like really try to keep it concise. Um, and then the other thing is speaking of criticism some of the criticism that we got quite harshly on Reddit 
was about like get to the fucking point please <laughs> like i don't want to listen to 20 minutes of you guys talking about whatever the fuck you're talking about <laughs> and that was one that was at first we was, hear you at first was that sort of defensiveness and then it was like no that that makes sense like this mm-hmm. this isn't uh you know morning radio talk show mm, where right. you're just goofing around with what's his name and about the, the soundboard <laughs> yeah all your sound effects and stuff it's like no this is the show people come to because they want information they want mm-hmm. you know this kind of stuff and and i think that change has been a big part of now when i look at at other shows i kind of feel that i'm like you should get to the point because you have good stuff to say but we'd like you to get to the point i think that's yeah. that was definitely an interesting change mm-hmm. for our show this has been great i don't want it to be all just about us like i have to say um <laughs> I, if we could name drop listeners and patrons on this show, I would. Um, I haven't, unfortunately, taken the time to like clear that with people. So, unfortunately, I can't drop your specific names. But when I go into the patron group and like look through the threads, and sometimes I'm able to participate and sometimes I'm not. Sometimes I'm super on top of it, sometimes I'm not. But... There are so many specific people, like especially like some of the more active people in there that I I admire so much. Where I'm just like, oh my god, like you <laughs> yeah. are so courageous yeah. and you are so vulnerable and you are so amazing for taking the time to support this person who's you know posting in the patron group because their relationships are imploding or you are so amazing for calling out this person in a really gentle, compassionate yeah. way. Um, mm-hmm. Or you're so smart. Like there have been so many times when there's been a thread and I kind of want to be like, do, do y'all want to plan an episode on this? Like maybe that's Please. something we could coordinate in the future is a little patron planned yeah. episode. Could yeah, that's be fun. a fun idea. I like um, that. That would be lovely. But that's the thing is, is, you know, this show doesn't exist in a vacuum. And although in the early days it felt like it did, but I, I don't think it really ever has that definitely hearing from all of you who have emailed us and who have left comments and who have called us, um, you know, it always leaves a mark on us. It does influence the show. And I, I just admire people who can be so vulnerable and so supportive and also again just so brave in their relationships in their life in their coming out stories in them messaging us to tell us where we've made some kind of bullshit mistake you know (laughs) like all those things take this courage and it seriously is inspiring to me every single time um so definitely for me and from the rest of us like thank you to all of you who have listened and who have connected with us in some way and especially to all of you who are patreon supporters as well and here's to 200 plus more <laughs> exactly Gosh. yeah okay yeah any like shooting from the hip predictions for the next quote-unquote season of multi-emory <laughs> the next Whoa. 100 the episodes. Next hundred episodes yeah so that is like about Man. two-ish years or so yeah mm-hmm. um, i know there's so many topics we've talked about but there's even more to talk about obviously we're just gonna have to keep digging keep uh learning and keep getting better yeah, I think like connecting with more people, like building this community to be larger so that there can be this even greater support network for everyone involved um, all around the world. And I think that like when I look at a year ago to now and just how much has changed, uh, I'm like, gosh, I don't even know how I could predict what would happen mm. another year from now, much less two years, you know, 100 episodes from now. Um yeah. I feel like a lot and I, it's it's a really exciting I don't know, it's a really exciting thing. Well, I want to I want to meet more people in person because yeah. anytime yeah. we've done tour or live shows or workshops or whatever, it's just like a freaking blast. Or even like even the little casual like patron meetups that happen to yeah. like go sing karaoke or whatever, like it's a blast. I love it. It's really instills in me how important it is to have community and good people around you. And so Absolutely. I hope between now and the next hundred episodes, we do more of that. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you again so much for listening. Thank you for contributing. Thank you for connecting to us. The best place to share your thoughts about the last 200 episodes of this podcast (laughs) with other listeners is on this episode's discussion thread in our private Facebook or discourse forums. You can get access to these groups and you can join our exclusive community by going to patreon.com slash multiamory. 
In addition, you can share with us publicly on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. You can email us at info at multiamory.com. You can leave us a voicemail at 678-M-U-L-T-I-0-5. Or you can leave us a voice message on Facebook. Multiamory is created and produced by Emily Matlack, Jace Lindgren, and me, Dedeker Winston. Our episodes are edited by Mauricio Balvanera. Our social media wizard is Will McMillan. Our theme song is Forms I Know I Did by Josh and Anand from the Fractal Cave EP. The full transcript is available on this episode's page on multiamory.com. Save big money on plant protection supplies. Now at Menards. Defend your garden with Triazicide Insect Killer. Its fast-acting formula protects lawns, vegetables, and many other plants. It kills more than 260 insects by contact, above and below ground. Choose from ready-to-spray, concentrate, or granular. Save big money on Triazicide Insect Killer at Menards. And check out our weekly flyer on Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save big money.